Welcome to Equiosity, the podcast about all things equine, with a special emphasis on the horse-human bond. My name is Alexandra Kurland. I'm the author of Clicker Training for Your Horse and many other books and DVDs on clicker training. And I'm joined by Dominique Day, one of the co-founders of Cavalia. This is our 52nd episode. We're celebrating this milestone with a special event. Dominique and I invited all of the guests who joined us in this first year of podcasting to come back and celebrate with us with a special panel discussion. The topic we picked was one of special interest to Dominique, and that's duration. So we're joined in this podcast by Hannah Brannigan. Hannah was our first guest on the podcast. Equosity is a podcast for all things equine, but we also talk a lot about dogs. So it was fun having Hannah join us for a discussion that centered around my favorite topic, which is balance. Hannah has her own podcast, Drinking from the Toilet. I know that's where many of you know her. And you also probably know her from the Clicker Expo, where she's a member of the faculty. Next up was Nancy Kelly. Nancy is another dog trainer. She is currently working on a documentary on positive reinforcement training. She came to my barn last summer to film the horses for her documentary. In the podcast we recorded together, Nancy talked about the historical roots of the training. After that, we invited one of my Click the Teaches coaches, Michaela Hempen, to introduce us to single subject design studies and share the project she's been doing on cribbing. Our next guest was Cindy Martin, another of my coaches. Cindy is superb at explaining complex and often controversial topics in clear and understandable ways. I love the metaphors she uses to help people understand their animals and also how to apply clicker training. Our conversation with Cindy stretched over three weeks, and I felt at the end of it we were just getting started. Mary Concannon was next. Mary is another of my Click the Teaches coaches. She's currently based in the UK, and her thoroughbred newbie gave us the jump start into a series of topics that included what to do with horses that always seem to be in a perpetual grump and how to work with multiple horses. Our last podcast guest was Jane Jackson, another of my coaches. Jane treated us to two teaching strategies she developed to help her very vigilant horse, Percy. So that's our group. We gathered around a virtual kitchen table and had a great discussion about training. It's always a treat to have that many skilled trainers joining together in a conversation. And the best part is you get to listen in. So enjoy this celebration of one year of podcasting. Are we going to sing today, Alex? Sing. Sing happy birthday to us. I'm not going to. <laughs> oh, no? <laughs> okay, so everyone's recording. Happy birthday, Equiosity. <laughs> Can you sing it in French? I would yeah. love to hear it in French. 
Joyeux anniversaire, joyeux anniversaire. <laughs> but you can edit that out. Or, or I can keep it. I don't think so. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> but we have it, so I should use it. Shouldn't I use everything? What I do when the mics are on. <laughs> you, should, you can substitute for the, the intro music. All right. That's right. That's right. I should have <clears throat> taken it a little bit lower. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome everybody to our Equiosity podcast. And today we are celebrating. We are celebrating our one year anniversary. We have done 52 podcasts. Um, Yay! It's quite an achievement. And we've, we haven't skipped a single week, which is even more amazing given our two schedules. And so today we are celebrating. We've invited all of the guests we've had on our podcast. And we're going to have a wonderful celebration panel discussion with all of these really amazing trainers. So let me start everyone off by introducing people and we'll do just a really quick sort of update of what people have been up to. So we'll start Hannah with you. So Hannah Brannigan is joining us and Hannah you have a lot to celebrate as well because your book is out. Yes. So, wow. Yes. So tell people really quickly about your book and where they can get it. So my book is Awesome Obedience. It is it is it's specifically aimed at um, clicker trainers looking to get into the competitive obedience world. So it's, it is very much centered around clicker training and positive reinforcement training in a competitive setting. Um, but it is available through clickertraining.com. And I understand you'll in the, over the next few weeks and months that will be available, you know, pretty much where anywhere you would buy, um, training books, dog training books specifically. Excellent. Excellent. And Anna was our very first guest on the podcast. Yes. Yes. Very proud and honored to be <laughs> yes we're missing one of our guests who's nancy kelly and she was going to join us so i'm not sure what technical glitch she has encountered but nancy also is celebrating the publication of a book that the book that she was talking about the freelance work that is now available so people can look for that and Michaela, you introduced us to single subject design. So Michaela Hempen is joining us. And we have we have a really fun thing coming up this coming this this summer in July. We're going to be doing our science camp with Dr. Jesus Rosales Ruiz. Are there still any spots left for that or there's we... one single spot left. Aha. I wanted to say that tomorrow the early bird is uh, ending, but we are going to post this later on. So I'm going to make it extend the early bird until you until you have um, posted the podcast. Oh, okay. So so if anyone is is interested in that, it is going to be an amazing event. It's going to be not only do we have Jesus all to ourselves for four days of discussion, but it's in Italy which is really fun. We're up above Parma in a beautiful mountain setting. We're going to have discussions all day with Jesus. We have your horses there. So anytime we want to go and ask the horses what they think of something, we can go work with them. We have a, an amazing Feldenkrais practitioner who's going to be working with us every day. And then 
homemade Italian cooking and campfires every night and it's just going to be amazing. So if people want to find out more about that, they can go to my website, theclickercenter.com or Michaela, what is what is your website? It's Clicker Training Pferde. So just add Clicker Training and the German word, word for horses. Yes. And we can put that contact information up on the Equosity website. And then Cindy, so so we have a, a workshop coming up soon in, in April. That's going to be fun. We do. Yeah. Lots of new people coming to that one. And, and really uh, people who sound just super, super enthusiastic about clicker training. It's going to be a yes. great, a great we group. Have, we have one horse coming who is part of, I'm not sure the exact name of it, but it's one of these programs uh, about retraining off the track thoroughbreds. Oh, for regular life after the track and so his trainer is going to be bringing him I'm, I'm excited to see I'd like to see clicker training filter out more into that world because yes thoroughbreds they're such sensitive such sensitive well all our horses are sensitive let's face it but I think clicker training is such a great way well, to give those horses I, I a have... fresh start Yes, and I of course have a special place in my heart for thoroughbreds, always. So, so that will be lovely. That will be wonderful. And then let's see, Jane, you have your training intensive this this summer, so you've got the dates up for that, uh, which is really fun. Who's who's going to be joining you this summer? It will be Cindy Martin, who you just talked to, yep. and yep. Um, Katie Bartlett, who also has a new book out. So. Um, yeah. Yep, yep, they'll, they'll both be coming up mid-July. Hopefully we'll have the snow gone by then. <laughs> and I will just say for people who have never really heard about it, it's a great weekend. And Jane has all of her terrific ponies. So, and, you know, they're clicker trained, they're clicker savvy. So they're wonderful teachers for people to refine their skills. And... Um, and there's, it's a beautiful, beautiful setting in northern Vermont. And uh, it, if people want a fun opportunity, and, and the teacher-student ratio is very low, and um, it's always a good group of people that come to that event. It's certainly worth looking into. And you get to meet Percy. Yes. yes, you get to see what zone he has moved into by summertime, which will be really interesting. And then, Mary, we've, we've got a, a fun June planned because I'll be over in the UK visiting with you and we've got two workshops that two workshops one at Becky Chapman's facility and I would say on on both of those that they are filling really fast so if anyone is interested in the UK clinics they should contact you or contact me right away because that's always a treat. So if you go to, again, my website, theclickercenter.com, or Mary, what is your contact now? It's now clickthathorse.com. Yeah, and you can book through that in our Scottish clinic. The horse places have all been taken, but we still have a couple of places for non-horse participants and there are a few of both still available for Ashen Equestrian Centre. Good, good. Yeah. But I would not do one of those, well, maybe I'll wait, maybe I won't, because that's the, the nature of these things. They're a precious commodity and they fill fast, yes. 
So hopefully those of you who are listening in the UK, you'll, you'll say, oh, definitely that's what I want to do in June. So I think that's everyone. So we've got... We've got Hannah. Brand- We've got a lot of training experience yes. on this panel. So we have Hannah Brannigan, we have Jane Jackson, we have Cindy Martin, we have Mary Con Cannon, we have Michaela Hempen, and with with that gathering, with this gathering, I'm really excited because we've got people who special like myself who specialize in horses, people who specialize in dogs, but Actually, all of you know both horses and dogs. And so we can really bring both of those training worlds together for this discussion. And Dominique, I know one of the training bones that you keep chewing on, as it were, is duration. And I would love to make that the topic of the day, to just chew over a couple of things, different strategies for building duration and and then look at why is duration sometimes such a challenge? a challenge? Yes, yes. So yes, it's my hot topic right now. Yeah, and it's a topic that is very deep. Yes, yes. So and I noticed that Anna did a presentation on this at Clicker Expo. Yeah. So, would you- so I'm going to go to your presentation in Washington, but it's uh, it's very relevant. <laughs> it will all be clear at that point. <laughs> would, would you like to start us off, Hannah, with a little sneak preview then of what you're, you'll be talking about at the expo or some of your either favorite strategies for building duration? Because certainly in the sport of obedience, duration is a key element. It is. And it's actually kind of an interesting question because it, it is one that that I get asked a lot or it's a topic that comes up a lot in, in a lot of different ways. And one of the challenges, I think, is that we often mean different things when we say duration. So we'll have um, one person will say, you know, I really need duration in, in that I need a, a stay, a stand stay or a sit stay or you know, it's like a park it kind of behavior where the the animal is continuously performing the same behavior. And then they'll also say, I need duration in like a moving behavior. Maybe backing up is a, is a really kind of classic one that I use as an example a lot. But also they'll use, I need duration in something like healing, where I don't really think of that as a duration thing because the dog's actually doing a lot of different behaviors. It's more of a behavior sequence or behavior chain. Um, yes. With, with a lot of cues that are holding together this, this sequence of behaviors to make the whole performance hold together. One of the first things that I always have to ask is, you know, when you're saying you, you, you want to talk about duration or you need help with the duration, what exactly do you mean? What's an example of what you're talking about? So, Dominique, what would be a place where you... Well, I think that both stationary and moving uh, duration, for me, are interesting. I'm trying to see if I find one more challenging than the other? Well, I think they're both of interest to me. Okay, so for the purposes of discussion, the working definition of duration that I like to use is the length of time that the behavior is being continuously performed between the cue and the click or the next cue. So it could be there. it's a you know continuous and easy to identify continuous behavior like standing, you know, four feet, fl- standing still horses don't really sit but you probably do lay down 
And, uh, or it could be a moving behavior like backing up, which we could make an argument for. Well, we can make an argument for that it's repeated steps backwards, but they're the same, really the same behavior happening again, again, again. And is it because they have four legs? So do we consider what we do with leg left the same as what we do with leg right? Or are they different behaviors? Like I noticed that you, I think it's you have a name, a different name, or is it Emily Larnham for spinning one way and spinning the other ways, like another name and another behavior? I, I do cue those separately. Okay. Yeah. So that's a question. But let's stick for now with that, with the definition, because that, that's one of the challenges, I think, of duration with movement mm -hmm. is that, is it one behavior or are they very different behaviors? Yes. So, so is it, is it like you said, is it a sequence of behavior, different behaviors? Or is it a sequence of same behavior? So let's or... get simpler yet. So suppose you have a horse standing on a mat or a dog standing on a mat, something with four legs and a tail standing on a mat. <laughs> uh, not to leave out the parrots, but for now it's four legs and a tail. And it's standing on a mat. And I would like to build long duration in standing on a mat so that I can eventually leave my animal, my learner, on the mat, walk away, go out of my work arena, get my tack, come back, adjust some cones, walk over to... You've got the idea. I've got this long duration. But right now, I'm building the behavior. So my horse is on the mat, and he is meeting the criteria. Both feet are on the mat, and I click and I treat and I wait a couple of seconds and I click and treat again and I wait a couple of seconds more and I click and treat again and then I decide that he's been on the mat long enough and I need to keep standing on a mat in balance with leaving the mat or I'll have a horse who won't leave the mat so I walk off. So you would say that in your definition that even though the horse spent 15 seconds total, we'll say, on the mat, the duration of the behavior is really just three seconds because I was clicking and treating repeatedly while he was on the mat. Right. I would not, for the purposes of a training plan, I would not consider that to be one 15-second stay but five three-second stays. Somehow we've got feedback. Yeah. Which we didn't have before. Now it's better. Okay. So, so Hannah, how do people make the shift then from I've got the overall behavior, standing on the mat, whatever it is, sitting in the dog, is expanding in duration, but... I'm supporting it with all of these internal, we'll, we'll say internal clicks and treats. How do I make that shift from that form of, oh, I've got great duration. I just have to keep feeding my, my animal to actually having duration. So I think the most, well, first I, I think of it like, it, like many things in 
from a loopy training perspective. And so there are really kind of two behaviors, right? There's one behavior of getting to the mat and then the other behavior of staying on the mat. And in your first example, we're, we're shaping the behavior of staying on the mat. And if you look at it as a loop, well, the starting point is the, is the end point. So we're, we're really starting them from the easiest possible starting point, which is being already on the mat, which is okay. Um, and I think that that's a very smart way to, to begin that behavior. But really what we, the most important thing that we need in order to get duration um, on any behavior is a clean loop, right? So there has to yep. be um, a clean unit of behavior that we're building duration on. And I think that that is, is almost always what's missing when someone is struggling to get the, to, to build duration with a behavior. Usually there's something else is happening, whether it's between the cue and the click, often it's an issue of late clicks. So, you know, maybe the, the animal's already in motion when the click happens, or there's something happening between the, the, the click and the treat. So the click happens and then the animal is, is maybe shifting their weight or doing something um, between the click and the, make sure I'm getting this right without a visual, between the click and the treat. And that can get built into the behavior. I, I think I probably see um, the biggest issue is that, um, the click is a little bit late. And so the animal is already moving. So what you get is an animal that's really moving through a behavior rather than getting to a, you know, getting the behavior and then staying there. And we have to mark whatever that moment is. So if it's a stationary behavior, the event marker has to happen while the animal is stationary and not beginning to lift a leg or beginning to shift their weight to move. And if it's a moving behavior, it has to come while the animal is moving and not after they've already stopped, which is usually the problem with things like backing up. But have you experienced having a clean loop so the animal knows exactly what you're clicking, except that you've clicked it one-on-one, -on -one, you know, for every time you lift your leg, I'm going to click you. You've done that so many times that you've hit a glass ceiling. And when you ask him for the next leg, it's like, no, 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 you're supposed to give me a treat each time I lift my leg. Do you know what I mean? Like you've clicked it so often and it seems like a clean loop because the animal does it really fast and he's fluent and except that he has learned that for every lift, there's supposed to be a reinforcement. Sure, so you have, you've, you've essentially created a plateau. Um, yeah, exactly. Right, so it's, so the, the opportunity, the ideal, the ideal opportunity to move on and add to that was missed. It happens. It happens to all of us. And so you've now reinforced the identical behavior one too many times. Or, exactly. Or 30 too many times. Yeah. <laughs> in some <laughs> cases. So, um, and then that's, and that can also happen. And that one I think is more common in the moving behaviors. I take three steps back and then I wait. And what will often happen is, and it's interesting that it's the three steps with, in my observation with both dogs and, and horses, getting the fourth step back seems to be a really, a really big deal. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So how do you get out of that plateau yeah so so the pattern that's been built is the animal takes one two three steps back and the human's thinking okay i'm going to wait for that fourth step and as soon as he does the fourth step i'm going to click it and the animal's thinking i did my three steps Ta-da! i'm going to wait for her to click me and you're both in this waiting mode and eventually the human panics because if you don't click and reinforce something then your dog your horse is going to check out and you're going to lose the training session so you you panic and you click while he's standing and so you do a few of those and now you have one two three and stand stay um, it's really incredibly effective for teaching an animal to back up and stay 
<laughs> yes. If you if if you wanted to teach it, if if that's what you wanted, exactly. back up and stand stay, it would be like, wow, look at this. I can I can teach this. Perfect example of getting a clean unit of behavior, except for in this yep. case it isn't the one that we wanted. Right. So what how I undig that hole is actually to start clicking a lot earlier. So starting to click the first or second step back so that we're clicking while the while the horse is in motion rather than waiting for the stop to happen. So if it's a leg lift, I would click while like really almost that first weight shift while the foot is starting to come up off the ground. So I would look for that that chest or shoulder muscle to engage and the foot is coming up. So I'm clicking well before the plateau was happening and try to get put, put a whole bunch of more deposits in that arc of motion between the very initiation of the behavior and before the plateau started so that I can start to diffuse that plateau a little bit. Um, and usually once I get there, if I'm being clever with my, my deliver my reinforcement, it's a lot easier to then keep, keep blurring that line past where the original sticky point was. So let me see if I understand well. So your horse is doing one step, two step, three steps, and then he just waits. Because he, he expects he's done the job. So you're saying, like when he's at 2.75, you would click there? Just be, just I would be- probably click at like 1.5 first. But yes, I would, I would click the first step, and then I would click the second step, and then I would click like one and a half steps, and then I would click two steps in a weight shift, and then I would click one step, and then I would click two steps. So that anything to break up that real hard line of three steps pause okay. that, that I've created. And I know that I'm going to get at least up to three steps, so I'm really safe to click a lot of those points in between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's, there's something you hear too a lot, and... I don't know what what's people experience of that, but it's exactly like what you've just said. You hear people say when they're building duration, you hear people say the animal should never know when he will be reinforced. Do you guys think about that sometimes or do you use that? Do you see things like that or? I don't think I do I that to be honest. Yeah, I don't fully agree with that as it's stated. I want them to be confident that they will be reinforced and to have like a reasonable expectation of when that's going to happen but but some of that's in some of that's in the dialogue right of you know how I'm adjusting so I'm I'm not looking to to catch them off guard or really surprise them I want them to feel confident that they know what they are aiming for so so I so I have to I have to share a fun backing story in terms of building duration and it's currently with the goats so I have Fonzie the mother goat and her two very energetic babies and they go out into the arena and run around it turns out that my mounting block is just little did I know when I built the barn just that I was really building a playground for goats because they just love jumping up and running around the mounting block and then zooming the length of the arena and it's great fun to watch and and while the babies are zooming around mom is of course locked on to me going, I think I I know you have treats and I should be getting opportunities to earn some of those. So we've been working on backing and there are some mats set out on the along the edge of the along one wall of the arena. And I'm borrowing a an exercise from Kay Lawrence where she has her dogs back to a mat 
and you're working within the movement cycles. So anytime on with this goat, anytime her right hind lands on the mat, that's the criterion that I click on. But then I feed forward. So to get the food, she has to come, she has to leave the mat and come to me. And then the behavior is back up. And when her right hind lands on the mat, I click and I reinforce her and then she comes forward to get the food. And of course, I can move myself gradually further and further away from the mat. So the behavior is back up to the mat. So she's backing up with confidence to the mat, but I'm gradually ex extending the duration. But the fun of it is I'm also working with massive distractions because while she's backing, she's got babies zooming around her, jumping up on her back, getting in her path. She just plows through them. So if there <laughs> if there happens to be a baby goat between this between her and the mat, she doesn't care. She just backs right through them, scattering them like nine pins and and if they're if they're really exuberant, they jump up on her back and she's totally focused on I am backing to that mat and I don't care what my offspring are doing. It is it's really quite the morning's entertainment. I quite enjoy it. So it's a different approach to building the duration of just, well, how can I very cleverly rearrange the environment to extend the number of steps that I'm getting? That's been a fun goat project. There's another way from to uh, to use cues, which I have um, learned from Kay Lawrence, where you would re-cue before you would click. Yes. And then you would build segments that you can then by the, the horse's anticipation of the next cue, you are building longer segments. So if you, for example, the three, the three steps backwards and sit, so you could do you start up. So your cue is backing. And you get the backing, you click treat. So you ask for backing, click treat. Ask again, backing, click treat. Until your the cue for backing is super strong, super solid. And then you would leave out that cue. So you you cue backing, you re-cue backing, click treat. So you have two segments. And then you do backing, re-cue backing, click treat, backing, re-cue backing, click treat. And then you combine these segments. So you do you leave out one cue. That would be easier with a drawing board. So you do you cue backing. You you yes. leave out yes. one tree. No no no. You leave out one cue. Ah yeah yeah yeah. And, and then yeah. the the horse will or the animal will anticipate that cue and redo the behavior, and you have a longer sequence. And then you can, the longer sequence gets is on on both sides or similar. They always um, it's sort of exponential. So you you start maybe with, say you cue three segments. As a simple behavior, cue behavior, click treat, cue behavior, click treat, cue behavior, click treat. Then you do cue behavior, and while the behavior is ongoing, you cue again, you get the behavior, and then you have the click treat. You see, so you dropped out one click treat and by requeuing. The important thing is only that you requeue while the, the animal is doing the behavior already, and then the animal will will anticipate that cue and redo it. And then you build up your sequences that way. That's a, a great technique for eliminating the stagger. Because what we often see is, you know that you can get those consistent three strides. 
whether it's going forward or going back. So your horse, your dog is walking alongside you, one, two, three steps, and then the behavior starts to fall apart. So what is normal is that that's when we cue it. So we get the one, two, three, pause, recue, walk off, one, two, three, pause, recube, and we get a stagger. Mm-hmm. So what Kay is saying is you've got to cue while the behavior is still good. So it's one, if, if you've got a unit of three, you're going to cue at say two. So it's one, two, cue the next unit. And then as you combine them, so now I will have one, two, cue, one, two, cue, one, two, cue, then I can start to drop one of the internal cues. And so I'll have one, two, cue, one, two, three, four, click treat. Right. And then I'll drop the next internal cue. So it's one, two, three, four, five, six, click treat. Now I'll take that unit and I'll attach it to another unit of six. And I'll do the same process. And gradually, as that grows, you'll have very long duration, and you will have eliminated the staggered problem. And this, of course, implies that all the cues are reinforcing, uh, and that they have been taught in a very positive way, so that they act as reinforcers. And they are also a predictor that the reinforcement is coming up, Uh, And that the animal is getting closer and closer to the final reinforcer. Right. And so it's it's a little bit like when you're building a chain or a sequence, except in this case, you're recueing the same behavior. Right. There's nothing in the definition of of chains that says that they have to be different behaviors. Right. So they can all be the same behavior. But I think one of the questions that comes up with duration is and it's it's not a strategy question it's a are you comfortable asking your horse to do more more i know (laughs) and i think that's in part where you get tripped up i do because i don't want you know i spend so little time with my animals that i don't want the time i spend with them to be frustrating for them I want them to have fun when they're with me. And I think you're right. It is true that sometimes I'm thinking, oh, if I ask too much, he's going to get frustrated. And, you know, he's that's not what I want him to feel when he's with me. Right. I'm and sure so, I'm not the only one. <laughs> right. But that I think that is where things get stuck. So it's not that you don't know how to build duration but you're, that you're not sure you should build duration. Can I jump in and say something? Absolutely. What a great stopping place. So cue the music. This is quite the conundrum. How is our panel of experts going to help Dominique with this part of the duration puzzle? You're going to have to wait until next week to find out. After all, we have to save something for our 53rd episode, which marks the start of our second year of podcasting. And just as a reminder, 
we're extending our celebration of our one-year anniversary out to the end of the month. We have a webinar with Dr. Jesus Rosales-Ruiz on March 31 at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. If you enjoyed the audio postcard on schedules of reinforcement that we included in our last two episodes, you'll definitely want to join us for this webinar. If you attend the live event, you can ask your own questions or just eavesdrop in on the conversation. And if you can't make it to the live event, we will be recording it so you can listen to it afterwards. I know whenever we have these webinars with Jesus, I am really glad that we did record them because I always listen to them more than once. Every time that I listen to these webinars, I always hear things that just helps me to understand the concept a little more clearly or lets me see the training from a different angle. And when I go back to the horses, I always find that I'm making little adjustments, changing things here and there in a way that my horses really like. So I hope you'll join us. We have an early bird price for people who sign up before the webinar airs. Just go to equosity.com to register. And next week, we'll continue on with our anniversary celebration. Until then, have fun with your training.